It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shops, The Power Lodge, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. Well, to say this week's show would be diverse, that'd be a bit of an understatement, but we are all over the map. Mandy Urich is up on Lake of the Woods doing some pike fishing up there, plus she just got back from Lake Winnipeg where she was walleye fishing, so we'll recap that. Jason Freed is down at the Northwest Sports Show. He's got the latest on Leech Lake and fishing here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. And Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji's got the latest on Rainy River. Plus, Matt just got back here a few weeks ago from boar hunting and turkey hunting down in Florida. He'll talk about that. Plus, another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our local report brought to you by Oars and Mine and Crosby. Proud to offer Flow Dock Systems, the most durable in the industry. They offer new dock and lift installation so that you, you can get out on the water sooner. Oars and Mine, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off with our local report. We bring in Jason Freed with Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Jason keeping always a very close eye on not only Leech Lake, but the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. But we catch Jason actually kind of out of town. He's down in the Twin Cities right now at the big Northwest Sports Show. How are things going down there, Jason? It's good. You know, it's uh, Friday here and the people are kind of starting to, to come in. They have a big line coming in and uh, everybody's obviously excited. It's beautiful outside and I think everybody's chomping at the bit to... Uh, you know, look at boats and go and check out fishing gear, and and uh, more importantly, everybody's thinking about spring and summer. So I'm just uh, I'm down here working in the uh, student angling booth, uh, and then kind of bouncing back and forth between that, and then also the different Lund booths um, as well. So I'll uh, I'll probably be uh, Northland tackle and such. I'll just I'll be kind of bouncing around all weekend, which is fun. It's just fun to see people. So if you're down here and uh, you want to chat fishing or boats or whatever or just catch up uh, come and find me and i'd uh, be glad to do that for sure i would imagine people are going to want to talk mostly open water jason i know there's we're going to get into it a little bit later on in the show with matt but uh, there's a lot of buzz that maybe rainy river could be opening up a little quicker than people expected so uh, i know you, you you're planning on doing some river trips uh down by red wing and you had even talked about maybe doing the missouri this year so uh yeah a lot of a lot of buzz you are right. That's the uh, people have the buzz. It's just, I mean, it's funny how the weather just kind of uh, did a 180 on us here, and we go from that super cold that we had right towards the end of uh, or early in March to now it's you know it really starts to feel like spring, and so I think uh, we are uh, the the sun's brighter and higher, and I think everybody's got the itch to get out. Let's start on Leech, Jason. Are you hearing anything out there? I know last we talked about Leech with you, you were coming off of Eelpout Festival, and that was a mess. Uh, are things getting a little bit better out there for anglers maybe to move around a little bit? Yeah, they have really drastically improved. A lot of the uh, slush areas, a lot of the water areas have kind of seeped back down through, and the lake has really kind of um, you know solidified itself again. Um, you know, there's I was just um, chatting with uh, Drew Arnold from Reeds, and um, it sounds like on the main lake, you know, there's uh, – still a lot of ice out there uh, still 30 plus inches of ice out there and it's uh, anywhere from no snow to two foot drift still so you know it's just using navigable areas and and such uh you know, on the west side of the lake it's you know pretty similar you know you just got to be careful about you know places where there's been fish houses or drifts and roads and that kind of stuff but 
Uh, guys are definitely getting out a lot more. They're venturing out. The uh, perch fishing has been not too bad. Um, a lot of it's been on just kind of shallow weed flats, you know, anywhere from six out to uh, 10, you know, 11 feet of water, just finding, um, you know, just good weed edges or, you know, clumps of cabbage or green weeds, and that's where you're going to find the perch. It's uh, still, you know, still quite a bit of sorting, but, um, you know, we've talked about it before. I always say one good piece of advice to when you're perch fishing is just to upsize your lure and, and, you know, sometimes even use a full minnow and, maybe a little bit bigger profile bait than maybe what you would think you want to use. And that's going to help keep a lot of the smaller perch off. But um, the perch fishing has been pretty decent, uh, as well as, you know, guys are trying to venture out and do some of the bluegill and uh, crappie fishing, which is sometimes on uh, leech is kind of a, an unknown. And a lot of people kind of forget about it. You know, big body of water, they kind of get intimidated by the, you know, the size of the structure of the lake and trying to find a bluegill and a crappie. And uh, But there's some really fantastic bluegill and crappie fishing if you're willing to put some time in and, and fish some of the, uh, you know, some of the weedier bays and such, you can, you can find some pretty good fish. And so, you know, I, I definitely would encourage people if you're still, still itching to put ice fish, you know, um, it should be pretty good on leech here and you still, still should have quite a bit of time here to actually take advantage of it. You know, obviously things to think about are going to be the accesses and those are going to be the first things that really start getting beat up with this, uh, with this warmer weather. So, and then, and then a lot of the other smaller lakes is, you know, similar, you're going to start seeing those, those crappies and those, uh, those bluegills are going to start moving off of those basins and, and just look to those adjacent flats that are going to be ne- next, you know, to those those basin areas, and, and you should start finding crappies and bluegills. So, and as we know, you know, once the once the water starts running down the holes and, and we start getting more oxygen and more light down and, um, beneath the ice, that's really going to get things going. So that's something that I noticed over spring break was just the amount of snow, and there's just not much light under the ice right now. And so as the snow melts and we get more light, more oxygen, it's going to get the fish fired up a lot more. Anything special right here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes area you're hearing on any of our, uh, our, our, I guess, best crappie perch lakes around here? Is it all just kind of the same old, same old? Uh, you know, pretty much same old, same old. You know, I think the fish are starting to migrate a lot more. I've talked to some anglers. I haven't been able to get back out now since spring break. But, um, you know, getting back, guys are starting to find fish, you know, in the weeds a little bit, 9 to, you know, 13 feet of water. And like a lot of those fish are the ones that are starting to move off of the, the basins, you know, especially the crappies. Uh, you know, the bluegills are going to be mixed in, in the same areas, you know. So just, you know, be, you know, doing your due diligence and drilling things out. Find, you know, I would say if you can find good green weeds that are still standing, you're going to find fish. And um, as we like to say, as we melt some of this snow, that stuff's really going to get itself going. So, you know, any day now as we just keep melting things, you're going to find that more and more of those fish are going to start moving shallow and guys are going to be able to hole hop. And you know, that's the one nice thing is we get rid of the snow, you just can be that much more mobile on the lake and, and utilizing kind of just getting and drilling a you know a pattern of holes, uh, and just really jumping around from hole to hole until you find fish, and then you can really kind of dial things in. So, you know, I think you know being at the show here, I think a lot of people are are you know fired up about open water, and maybe some people have already you know swore ice fishing off for the year, but I think there's still going to be some really good ice fishing to be had for those people that really want to still do it. And do you have uh, have you kind of got concrete plans set already for doing uh, some river fishing yet, uh, Jason, or is that kind of in limbo? I'm so currently working on. It. I'll have my lunch here. Uh, sounds like I'll have that in about a week. Uh, you know, and a couple of our guys, Toby, he's getting his boat here soon as well. Usually, him and I and, and some of our other guys will uh, will make a trip and um, we'll go somewhere. You know, and uh, so it, the big thing with the Mississippi right now is going to be is going to be the runoff and and how much is it going to flood and you know how quickly is it going to happen? You know, if we keep getting this warm weather it's going to definitely wreak some havoc on the mississippi river um, i know guys are out fishing on pool two in the cities and that's starting to you know catch a few fish there and um you know pool four i've heard a little bit about you know it's not like it's been a little bit tough that water um 
you know, with where it's at. But if things really melt fast, it's going to be a pretty short window this year on some river fishing until things settle down. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm going to find one way or another here the next couple, three weeks to uh, figure out a plan here and either get to the Mississippi or maybe run out to the Missouri or uh, who knows. I mean, maybe even run over to Lake Superior if that starts to open up or, or whatnot. But, uh, you know, I got the itch to get the uh, get in the boat and catch some fish on a long, on a long rod, not a short rod. Just real quick, Jason, before I let you go on the Missouri, uh, is there some concern with all that snow they got over that way here a few weeks back? Is, is that kind of a concern that maybe that might – not work so well this year or is that you just kind of yeah, i've heard i've heard I, I have heard that the water's a little high over there right now too so you know i think that's the that's the one thing about spring fishing when it comes to the rivers is it's you really got to kind of keep tabs on the flow and the water levels and and you know it's and you almost got to be willing just to kind of drop it's so hard to sometimes make plans you know the rainy river everybody wants to go fish the rainy and you know and i know matt would attest too is sometimes you just got to almost say all right, we're going to go when we can go and when we mm-hmm. do things are good, you know, because you can you can make all the plans in the world, and then when you go up there and the river's high and it's chocolate milk and, it, you know, the fishing's not going to be very good. And so, you know, that's the one thing about river fishing in the spring is when you get this runoff, whether it's the Missouri, the Mississippi, the Rainy, or whatever, you know, you just got to really kind of keep tabs and, you know, calling up to the local bait shops and, you know, checking online and, and just doing your due diligence to find, you know, so, you know, like that's the thing, you want to plan and you want to have fun and you want to, make it a memorable trip and uh you know so you got to definitely you got to do your research to make sure you're going to go you're going to go someplace where it's going to be not only safe but also hopefully um levels and everything and water clarity is going to be enough where the fishing is going to be you know fairly decent as well there you go great stuff from jason freed leisure outdoor adventures you can check him out at leisureoutdooradventures.com and all over social media as well uh jason i appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us i know you're pretty busy down there at the northwest sports show and encourage people if they are heading down there to check jason out as he said he's going to be in uh, with the lund booths northland tackle as well as many others so stop by and say hi i appreciate it buddy safe travels and we'll talk to you soon sounds good thanks brand all right, when we come back, we'll chat with Mandy Yurick. She is up on Lake of the Woods going after some big pike up there. We'll see how she's doing. Plus, recap a trip she had up to Lake Winnipeg for walleye when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And we continue kind of hopping around the state and somebody we haven't talked to here in a few weeks because, well, she's been very busy. And that is Mandy Urich is back with us here on the show this week. Uh, and Mandy was up in Canada doing some uh, fishing, I believe, on Lake Winnipeg, going after some walleyes up there. Now we find Mandy on the ice on Lake of the Woods going after, I believe, Big Pike and having some success, Mandy. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been gangbusters. We're, we're two days in and we've iced... Uh five big pike over 40 plus inches we got a couple more days to go the weather's beautiful and yeah it's great yeah i was gonna say you really hit it with the weather there's not much for wind all kinds of sunshine so i'd imagine the fishing conditions are, are better than optimal yeah i mean there's no wind it's gonna be you know upper 40s almost 50 here today uh we are a little bit concerned what's gonna happen with the flush conditions once it really starts to warm up but right now as long as you're on track for a snowmobile you can get anywhere you want so the lakes are a little bit better uh, up that way as far as conditions go, because down here, and, and I'm sure you've obviously seen it, uh, they're a bit of a mess still. Um, but up there, it's a little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. There's hard pack right now. I'm walking around on top of the, the hard pack right now. 
you'll hit some flush pockets just like you will anywhere, but it, it's definitely better conditions than what we have down in Brainerd. So if people want to head up there, Mandy, the thing with pike, you're not only going to catch you know a decent amount of them, it's, it's the size of the pike that I think are really a draw to people, and you guys have been seeing that. Oh, you can't. I mean, this is... This is why we target March March Madness for big pike, especially up here. Uh, I'm actually fishing with uh, Arneson, Rocky Point, the guys out here, and I'm literally looking at the resort right now. I'm, you know, less than a quarter mile from right out from the resort. We're fishing about 12 feet of water, quick strike rigs on tip-ups. And, yeah, get up here. If you want to catch big fish, I mean, this is your chance at, you know, multiple 40-plus inches where if you get a 40-incher in the summertime in the boat, I mean, that's a heck of a deal to be able to come out and, do that you know day after day after day right now up here is definitely the time to do it and like you said you don't have to go that far out because every time i've gone to lake of the woods i've never done a pike trip up there it's all been walleye and perch uh we've had to go miles and miles out there with the pike fishing you don't have to go that far out i don't imagine you're not fishing that deep either huh no and that's a great thing so obviously these pike are they're they're moving up into the shallows they're staging uh pre-stage for spawn so, yeah, they're right off the, the shoreline breaks here. You know, it, they're catching them anywhere from, you know, 8 to 16 feet. We just happen to be in 12 feet of water right now. But, yeah, you don't have to get away from the shoreline too far. They're all moving up, getting ready to spawn. And with those quick strike rigs, like you said, it's not real complicated fishing. No. Uh, we've got some, uh, you know, dead Cisco's, giant dead Cisco's, you know, 10 to 12 inches. that took them on the quick strikes and actually just uh, laying them on the bottom, not even suspending the bait. And do you pick up a few walleye and sauger along the way, too, or is it pretty much consistently pike? It's You can. Last night uh, we drilled a couple holes and some of the guys started jigging, and within 20 minutes we had five walleye. So I'm sure if we wanted to, to sit out here all day and, and walleye fish, you could. But same thing with those walleyes that when it gets closer to dusk and they're moving up into the shallows uh, to come and feed. So. Do you want to be out there early morning, Mandy, or as we talk to you right now, it's kind of mid-afternoon and you're still having success? Is it kind of an all-day thing? It's it's a late afternoon. I'm actually surprised that we got them this early already. Uh, it's normally, if you get out, get everything set up by 1030, you know, the fish start rolling in about noon. But last night we had three uh, after 6 o'clock. So the dusk bite for the big pike was really the ticket. So we'll see what happens today. So there you go. So if you're looking for a destination up there, uh, that is the place to go. Any buzz about Rainy River, Mandy, while we got you here? I know I've, I've heard about some people that said it's starting to open up and they're thinking about heading up there. Have you heard anything? It is opening up. And they actually, uh, they're ahead of the game this year. They're starting to clear out the accesses early. Uh, I know it's open up by I Falls, and she's opening up quick. But uh, I got a few buddies, actually, that are out there on the river right now. I haven't heard all the, the fishing report is, but I'd assume in the next two weeks we're going to see some big changes, and it should be open, I'd say, fairly almost all the way down to Sportsman's, I would guess. So you have a trip already planned, I would assume, for that? <laughs> <laughs> you know I never miss my spring sturgeon trip. So, yeah, as soon as she opens up to where I wanted to get, uh, I'm, I'm going to be on the river for sure. There you go. Uh, and one, a couple other things I wanted to talk to you about, Mandy. You were up in, uh, I believe it was Win- Lake Winnipeg, right, doing some fishing up there? Yes, sir. I was up, actually, to do the Mid-Canada Boat Show with James Linder and Ted Takazaki and Jeff Gustafson. But, of course, if you're going to be up there, you got to sneak out on the lake. Uh, got three or four days of fishing in up there. Um, it was still a little bit early. Right now, the bite's super hot. There's a ton of ice, like 50-plus inches, but zero flush conditions. They, it's a windblown lake, so there's not a lot of snow on the lake. But 
definitely you're going to want two extensions. Yeah, I saw a picture you put on social media of the, the ice depth up there, in addition to some of the fish you caught, but that was pretty astonishing. It's amazing. You know, I've, I'm five foot three, and I'm thinking, holy shnikes, that's a lot of ice. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then basically you were just uh, walleye fishing up there. Is it anything different as far as fishing down here when you're going after walleyes, Mandy, or is it kind of the same concept, just to, you know, you're in a different country? No, it's Lake Winnipeg's a beast of its own. So it's basically uh, out of the, the south there where the Red River opens up. Uh, it's just a bowl, and it's really naturally turbid. Obviously, it's got the turbid water coming in from the Red River that goes right into Lake Winnipeg, and there's it's murky, so there's not a lot of veg, so it continues to be turbid, even though they they do have zebra mussels now, so the water clarity is, is lightening up a bit. But it's uh, big, giant baits, like stuff that we would think to use for lake trout, that's what they're they're catching their walleyes on. Uh, giant spoons, um, even like giant rattle traps that we would be throwing for for big pike or big bass in the summertime. They're actually vertically jigging giant bite or baits, and that's what they're hitting. No no finesse fishing with little buckshot spoons or anything <laughs> like that. It's uh, and it's kind of a a weird deal. The ice ridges up there. Um, you want to find good deep ice ridges because it's actually making structure below the ice. So some of those bait fish will navigate to those ridges and use them for cover. So that's obviously drawing those big walleyes. They're, they're following the bait, and that's kind of the only structure out there. You can fish 9 feet of water, or you can fish 16 feet of water. And I know there's a lot of people that head up that way. Are, are, did you see a lot of anglers? And I, I guess I, I pose that same question where you're at right now. I mean, these are two places where you're at Lake of the Woods for pike fishing this time of year, walleye fishing on, on Lake Winnipeg are become real destinations for people. Were you seeing a lot of anglers? Or did you kind of have the lake to yourself? No. It, it, well, and that's the thing. It, there's such big bodies of water that you know, because when you go to the access, it's like two miles of vehicles parked. But what, it's crazy when you get out there. I mean, you'll see people, but you never get any closer than maybe like a half mile to another group. So it's nice to be able to spread out. Same thing up here. Most of the resorts have actually shut down. So Arneson's resort on rocky point is one of the last ones that's open right now so i mean they're gangbusters busy they got rooms still available but their guides are going non-stop to to cater to those ice fishermen that want to get out here for the big pike in the last ice sure and one last thing mandy when you did have a little time back here home uh you did some seminars at uh, a couple of high schools uh maybe talk about that yeah it worked out perfectly I, i got home on a monday and that thursday um, I was invited to go over to the Pillager High School. It was their big event for their sign-up uh, for the high school fishing team. Um, Mr. Salisbury, one of the teachers, actually came and opened up his room late. He, you know, he's been at work all day, got everything set up for me so I could do my presentation. We had 20 to 25 kids and their parents there. I mean, it was it was a phenomenal turnout for such a little school, and I was shocked. Like, those kids were better behaved than most adults are for a seminar. So it was a good time, and it was definitely something I needed. I've been on the road so long. I needed that little bit of recharge, you know, extra energy, and that definitely did it for me. You think they'll uh, have a nice uh, turnout and a, and a good sign-up there? Because obviously the fishing teams here in Brainerd and, and Staples, I believe, has one, Pine River, those do pretty well. You think they'll do pretty well over there too? From what we had, they said from this year to last year, they've already doubled the size of their team. So that's amazing. Nice. Sounds like, well, you're keeping busy. That's There's no doubt about that. Any What's on the horizon for you? you obviously, you said uh, Rainy River. you got a sturgeon trip you want to do. What, what else is going on? Well, I'm, I'm thinking here in the next week or two, uh, I'm going to be heading up to Ontario. As soon as the snow melts and the, the, light, the ice lifts a bit, uh, I'll be heading up there for five days to chase giant lake trout. <laughs> 
That sounds fun. And I'm sure probably here in the coming month or so you're going to sneak in a turkey trip or two, huh? Oh, I know. It's too busy. I love March. It's spring is here, but i got to get in. This is the best ice fishing I think we have all year long is, is the spring. So, yeah, once I get done with ice fishing, then we can go to the river, and then I can come home and go turkey hunting. There you go. That's Mandy Urick, a contributor here to Brainerd Outdoors, and uh, you can check Mandy out uh, all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, and right here on Brainerd Outdoors uh, from time to time as well. Mandy, I'll let you get back to fishing. I appreciate the time. Good luck up there, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Brian. All right, when we come back, we'll head up north for the Up North Report. Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. I believe Matt's got some more info on Rainy River that he'll share. Plus, he just got back a few weeks ago from a vacation down in Florida in which he did a little hog hunting and turkey hunting down there. We'll recap that when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon. Let's head up north for the Up North Report. We bring in Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. A lot to talk about with Matt this week. Uh, you know, I, I guess first off, Matt, uh, one thing I did see earlier in the week, and it really surprised me, but I guess now that I look at it, maybe not so surprising with the quick melt that we've had here all of a sudden. Looks like Rainy River might be happening here pretty soon. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt if uh, some brave souls that head out there this weekend because I know it's uh, it's open past Loman. And um, I heard that a couple of the launches closer to International Falls, that they, they may have cleared those out or plowed them. Um, actually, I got confirmation that one was plowed. I don't know if they'll be cleared out or not, but uh, some of those people who are antsy and try to get out there early um, may be sliding some boats across some ice um, if they're not broken open. But if they're broken open, I almost guarantee there's going to be boats out there. And with how good the the ice fishing on the Rainy River itself was this winter. Um, even people who go early before, you know, the, the walleyes probably aren't running up the river to spawn yet. Um, but the resident fish in the river um, over the course of the winter was that population was really high, and the fishermen that that ventured out there did very well. So anyone hitting the river is going to do going to do pretty darn well on on resident fish and. And then in the coming weeks here, we're gonna we're gonna have those fish moving up the river to spawn, and it's gonna get chaotic and fun, and and then sturgeon will happen, and spring might actually come. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed. But um, you know, and it's hard to predict, Matt. Every year, you know, we we've said, boy, this is gonna be a quick window, and then it ends up being a little bit longer window and stuff. What are you thinking for this year? I mean, with all the snow we've had, and and it's warmed up, and it's, it looks like it's gonna stay fairly, uh, you know, mild here for the next coming days. Are you anticipating a quick window for rainy this year, or do you think maybe it might be a little bit more drawn out? Well, everything is set up for a really, really bad year. Um, With the amount of snow we have and the amount of runoff that is imminent, I mean, it, it doesn't matter how slow or fast things happen, there's going to be a lot of runoff. You know, everything is set up perfectly for us to really get kicked in the butt um but if things slowly progress i mean like this warm-up that we're going through right now it's you know it's a drastic warm-up for us but but when you look at things melting it's not like we're going from snow piles to nothing the next day um so it's right now it's kind of gradual 
And, I mean, in a perfect world, I would love it if everything melted right now and everything blew through the river really quickly and and it cleaned up before before the fishing really started to happen. But, um, but if I, you know, if I'm reading things correctly, uh, forecast-wise and predicting... Trying to be a meteorologist, I guess. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, predicting how things are, are are progressing, I guess, and how they're going to look in the future. I, I think there's going to come a point this year where we're not going to feel as spoiled as we have the last few years. It's, it's going to turn ugly and milky and soupy at some point during the season, and hopefully it waits until, you know, until after the walleye season is over, but... But it's going to happen, and it's it's uh, I, th- I think going to be more of a normal year on rainy, where you get you know a, a few days or a week of of really good fishing, and then all of a sudden it turns to murk, and and it's going to turn ugly. So we'll see, though. Yeah, that'll be something very interesting to monitor this year. Um, you know, as far as people still want to get out and do some ice fishing, Matt, uh, obviously up by you, uh, perch destinations, places for panfish. Uh, eel pout, obviously still on, on the uh, docket as well. What are you hearing? I mean, can you get out a little bit? Cause I know here you, you can start to get out now a little bit and maybe not move around like you'd like to, but what up, up, by, up by you? What do you think? Yeah, it's really weird. So, you know, we had that rain and the warm up and stuff like that. And, and you would think it's even worse now than it was before, but, um, there are actually spots once you get out, um, where you can actually like walk around and, you know, not fall through um, in, into slop and slush. It, it, it actually isn't too bad out there. And uh, so you've got that hard crust on top, and then, you know, and then you've got about, I don't know, 15, 20 inches of, of snow and slop and slush and water. And then, and then you've got, you know, 22, 23, 24 inches of ice. Um, so there's still plenty of ice fishing left for people who want to do it. Um, I don't know how many people are left that actually want to do it. <laughs> um, but I, I had guys out yesterday. Justin was out chasing panfish and did really well. And, uh, he was able to be mobile and move around and, and did just fine. And, and Jason was out chasing burbot yesterday and catching some daytime pout and, uh, and they bit into the evening as well. And, and he was able, able to travel too. So, um, so if you can find a spot to get out and, you know, things are things are actually looking up for the ice fishermen if if you're still into it. So, your mode of transportation, Matt. I mean, you okay driving a truck out there? Are you better off with a four wheeler or snowmobile? It took me five days to get my truck back to a normal functioning truck after I pulled my fish houses last weekend. Um, so, I don't suggest driving a truck anywhere. I hired a skid steer and we opened up a road and and. By the time we got done, uh, seven and a half hours after we started, I could not, like, I, I'm not exaggerating. I literally could not get out of my truck um, because I had ice frozen solid halfway up my door, and uh, and I had to have somebody come <laughs> come chisel and uh, and kick snow and ice off of my door so I could open it to get out. Um, so driving. I still don't suggest driving a truck unless you, you know, you have intimate knowledge of some sort of frozen road that that looks really good. But you won't catch me driving my truck back out on the ice ever again <laughs> this this season, anyway. So, 
Now, one thing I did want to get to, Matt, with you is your trip to Florida. You were pretty busy while you were down there on vacation. You did some shark fishing. You did some wild boar hunting, What we'll talk, which we'll talk about. But uh, first off, I want to talk about the turkey hunting that you did out there because it sounds like uh, you had some success. Yeah, this is my third effort trying to complete my Grand Slam, and this is my first successful uh, go at it. So felt really good. Maybe for those that aren't familiar, when you mention that Grand Slam, Matt, that there's a different strain of uh, species of turkey all across the U.S., and this was the final one for you, basically, right? Yeah. The National Wild Turkey Federation recognizes several different slams. You've got your Grand Slam, your U.S. Slam, you've got a Super Slam, World Slam, Royal Slam. So there's a bunch of different slams. The starter is the Grand Slam, which is one of each of the four subspecies that are recognized in the the lower 49, the 49 states you can shoot a turkey in, in the U.S., I guess. And we've got the Easterns around here, and then like over in the Dakotas, many other states as well, but most notably the Black Hills and, and Wyoming. You've got your Merriam's turkeys. They climb a little better. They don't have as long beards and don't get as big. They're a little bit leaner, and they've got a lot whiter uh, subterminal or tips on the edge of the subterminal bands and, um, you know, a, a lot different color. And then you've got your Rio Grandes, which are, you know, like Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and they've got more of a buff color and they're a little chunkier bird, typically have a pretty nice beard. And then you've got your Osceolas, which are the only place you can shoot them is from like basically the midline in Florida. Some people say it's like the Suwannee River is kind of the cutoff because there are Easterns in northern Florida and like the Pensacola area and stuff like that. But um, when you get into the south half, half of Florida, that's the only place basically in the world that you can shoot an Osceola. And the difference with them is they look a lot like an Eastern, except they have a little smaller body and they're very dark. Um, their wings are black with very little white barring and they've got some really long legs for walking through the swamps and they're probably the most notably long spurred turkey out of all the species you can get spurs on on osceolas that exceed the two inch mark Um, so that's kind of that's the grand slam and and it took me like i said three tries and about seven total different hunts to to actually close the deal on that osceola so that's that's your toughest one tactics are the same uh we're still running decoys and and calling basically the same you know every every turkey species i think has a little bit different calling like um or there's a different way to to talk to each of them like the merriams they they really like a raspy loud call um whereas these osceolas they they like they like a lot less chatter and a lot softer calling so you know you kind of got to learn each species and and adjust accordingly but but your standard calling is going to work across the country, basically, um, if it has to. And the taxi- tactics are basically the same. I mean, you find find birds, and when you find birds, you try to keep uh, keep on them and and try to get them interested and, and let them see the decoys and hope hope that they're that they're working. And and we just happen to be down there at the right time, and and all of us uh, on the trip were able to harvest our turkeys. So so the birds are good and hot. They were they're strutting good. Uh, wings were were all beat up and scraped up, and and they're they're really going good down there. So it's it was perfect timing wise and a lot of fun. Obviously, the country down there is beautiful. When when you're setting up in palmettos and and palm trees, and you're leaning your back against 
uh, something like that. And, you know, you're walking past oranges and orange groves when you're going to hunt. <laughs> there's a, there's nothing wrong with any of that. It's pretty cool. One last thing, uh, you were also able to do a little wild boar hunting while you were down there. And this, um, I, I have no clue on how to go about this. So you're going to have to really kind of take me through the basics on that because you're able to have some success uh, harvesting a pig as well. The actual hog season in in Florida is not open for the public land hog season. So, um, like, if you're down there right now and you want to hunt a hog, you're going to have to uh, pay for private land. So you, we were on, like, a 5,000-acre ranch, and it was infested with hogs, and, and you know, they want to try to eradicate a lot of them because they're super problematic. I mean, uh, they're, they're like the rabbits of the north. <laughs> so they... <laughs> They breed and breed and breed, um, and then they just eat everything. They tear up pastures. Um, you know, they're digging holes all over the place, trying to eat roots. Uh, they're just really destructive, and and like I said, they're way overpopulated. So ranchers and farmers and, and the like, they, they want to try to get rid of as many as, as they can. And we were lucky enough to get on, like I said, that 5,000-acre ranch, and I bet in four days I saw close to 100, 110 hogs, and was able to shoot one one really nice boar, and then uh, one sow that actually I thought was a boar, because I could, when I scoped her in, I, I could see tusks, um, so I actually am getting a European mount of that one, because it's not very common that you see a, a sow with nice tusks on it, so, and I think in total, the four of us harvested like eight or nine, something like that, so it was pretty, pretty good, and I mean, we could have shot we could have shot dozens and dozens, but you got to limit what you can shoot because there's other other groups coming in as well. So, um, but basically, did it two different ways. I sat, sat on a stand near a feeder, which is one of the ways that they try to get rid of the hogs. The feeders they work for for bringing the hogs in, and and then hunters can harvest them pretty quick and easy. Um, but the best way and the funnest way for me was um, just driving the ranch and getting good areas, and then walking and then you'd find some hogs out out in pastures or out in um in the shorter uh, shorter stuff around some of the palmettos and they'd be digging for roots and and then you'd try to stock up as close as you could and get a shot on them that that was by far my favorite way to do it and i love that type of stuff you know stock hunting is is so cool because you're playing that that game of uh of chess where you're just you know you gotta think out every every next step and and then you got to calm yourself and make a good shot. And really, really fun. And they're absolutely delicious, too. So, so you're not calling them in at all? No. Nope. Uh, it is possible. I know I know people who have done it. Um, but we were just spot and stock and, and stand hunting is how we did it. So. Interesting. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like you had a, a ton of fun down there, not only fishing. I mean, going to have sharks, turkey, and hogs. I mean, that's that's quite a vacation, Matt. Yeah, I even I even got to join uh, Josh Dalkey from The Hunger. If if nobody's seen The Hunger series, it's a it's a web series. He uh, he actually went on a gator hunt, and I was able to tag along, and that was really cool watching him harvest a gator. And unfortunately, I I won't get to enjoy any of the meat with him. But uh, from what I heard, and and I've tried gator before, but. Um, from what I've heard, Gator on the Smoker is absolutely primo, and I would love to try that out. But but it was really fun to, to watch that experience. So There's so much stuff to do down there this time of year, and, and it's just so fun, and it's a nice little getaway. So fantastic trip. 
hunting and fishing and couldn't ask for more. Well, if you want to check out some of the pictures, Matt's posted them up on uh, Facebook, North Country Guide Service and Promotions is what you want to uh, a search or just Matt Brewer himself, and uh, you'll be able to check out some of the stuff he was able to do down there. It looked like a lot of fun. Matt, I appreciate it. Uh, we will check in with you here real soon, okay? Sounds good. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and time for our Hungry Hunters segment here on the show. As always, our good friend Chef Joel with Black Bear Lodge and Saloon and Baxter joins us. Got one for the pheasant hunters this time around, Joel. Going to show us how to make pheasant meatballs. We're going to top that with a little marsala wine sauce. So first off, we'll take and we'll start making our meatballs. And we'll take some ground pheasant, um, a little bit of Parmesan cheese, some breadcrumbs, a little bit of thyme, um, some milk, and uh, some egg. We'll mix all that together. I like to uh, soak my soak my breadcrumbs in, a little, in the milk. Let that kind of take all the all the moisture on. That way, it it mixes uh, much nicer once you make your meatballs. So get all that mixed up. We'll start forming them into meatballs. You know, uh, about a tablespoon or so. You know, make them as as big or small as as you uh, prefer. So we got those. We'll place them onto a baking sheet. Pop them into a 350 degree oven. You know, five to six minutes. We're not going to cook them all the way. We're going to finish them in the sauce, but you know, get them to you know, probably about three quarters of the way done. While those are in the oven, we can begin making our sauce. And we'll take a, a deep saute pan one with some nice, nice tall sides. Uh, we'll throw in a little bit of oil, heat that up, and we'll start sauteing off some mushrooms. Add in, you know, cook those for you know three or four minutes, get them nice and brown. Add in a little bit of shallot, a little bit of garlic. Cook that again for just a couple more minutes. And then we're gonna deglaze with some marsala wine. You know, be very careful when you're adding your wine. You don't want to flare up and. Uh, cause a big fire right you sound like that's <laughs> happened to you before yeah i had a, a decent fire in the kitchen yesterday so be careful adding your wine let that reduce down just a little bit add in a little bit of flour kind of mix nice a little little paste out of that with the flour add in your chicken stock a little bit of salt and pepper to taste and we're going to bring that up to a boil now if we get all that done in the time that our meatballs are in the oven we can pull our meatballs out once they're about three quarters of the way done we can add those into our Marsala wine sauce to kind of finish cooking them off, and we'll serve those over you know a nice bed of either egg noodles, pasta. I mean, you kind of go any way you wanted to with with uh, with the meatballs. Sounds great. Now these are pheasant meatballs. Um, could you use any other bird for something like this? And the reason I ask, I've got a couple of grouse breasts in the freezer and one turkey breast. Definitely, any kind of uh, any kind of white game bird is is definitely a go to there you go interesting uh give it a try if you want i can't wait to try this pheasant meatballs uh just go to brainerdoutdoorsradio.com for the recipe click on the recipe tab this one and a bunch of other ones are there for you to try uh right there and in, in the comforts and convenience of your own home that's the chef joel black bear lodge and saloon in baxter thanks joel thank you brian and that will wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. Don't forget, you can stream the live show if you're away from your radio or out of town at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You can also find the show on demand there. And, of course, we're all over the podcast network, whether it be iTunes, Podcast One, wherever you download podcasts. Search Brainerd Outdoors. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We would appreciate that as well. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. 
Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shops, The Power Lodge, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.